If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. Reading from Romans chapter 8, verse 28, a very familiar portion of Scripture. We'll be looking at uh, the passage from this verse to the end of the chapter, but for right now, I just want to read verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. The title of my message today is God at Work. God at work. We've been singing about it, that God's working whether we are aware of it or not. Amen? God at work. Paul says in this verse, and we quote this verse often, uh, but Paul says in this verse, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It's a pretty bold statement to say we know something. We are assured of something. We are certain of something. You know, we live in a cynical age, don't we? And for good reason, right? How much have we... Remember, remember there used to be that, that saying, boy, if it's in print, it must be true. Ha, ha, ha. Of course, the, the modern corollary of that is if it's on the Internet, oh, it, it has to be true, right? I know this is true. I saw it on the Internet. Ha, ha, ha. And so we're skeptical, and rightly so. And uh, there are very few things in life uh, that, about which we can say, hey, we know. But Paul makes a bold statement. He says, we know that in all things God works. Now, we can't see God. We can't see God uh, moving and working most of the time. And so how do we know? How do we know? And that's the question I want to answer this morning. Because when we leave here today, I want all of us to be confident that our God, whom we serve and who we sang about this morning, that he's at work. That he's not just off in the distance, somehow disinterested, somehow separated, uh, somehow not involved in our lives and what goes on on this planet. Because nothing could be further from the truth. Our God is at work. And like Paul said, we can say we know that he's working. But how do we know? I want to answer that question. How do we know that in all things God works for our good? I want to share with you four reasons why that is so. The first is this. We know that in all things God works for our good because of God's purpose for us. Because of God's purpose for us. Look at verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Now there are some heavy-duty theological terms mentioned here. But Paul says, first of all, we know that in all things God works together for our good because of his purpose for us. Because, first of all, he predestined 
those he foreknew to be conformed to the likeness of his son. Now many have misinterpreted this word predestined. Some teach uh, the doctrine that God predestined some individuals to be saved and others to be lost. Can you imagine that? There are a number of Christians and Christian denominations that believe that and teach that. But my Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever, amen, believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so uh, the predestination here does not refer to some being saved while others are left to be lost. But the word, the Greek word uh, predestined uh, literally means to draw a circle around. And what Paul is saying here is those that God knew in advance. How many know God knows all things before they happen? Those he knew would receive Christ, would become his children. He predestined that they would become like Jesus Christ. Did you know that that is God's purpose for us? That he has predestined that we as his children would conform to the image of Jesus Christ. That we'd be like Jesus. I think that's a pretty worthy goal, don't you? That's God's purpose for us. So he predestined, those he foreknew, he predestined to be like Jesus. And he goes on, he says, those he uh, predestined, uh, he also called. What does he mean by called? Every believer has a calling on his or her life, and it's to be in union with God through Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about a specific calling to ministry. You might be called to one ministry, I might be called to another. But the calling Paul's referring to here is the universal calling uh, to be in union with God through Jesus Christ. How are we made right with God? It's through Jesus. Amen? So we're called. And then he says those he called, he justified. I'm going to talk more about justification in a little bit. But ju to be justified, justified is a legal term. It means to be made righteous. It means to be made right with God. To, to not have our sin held against us. Aren't you thankful that he justified us? He called us to be like Jesus. And then he said, oh, your sin, uh, what's that? I don't remember that. I love the verse that, that as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has separated our sin from us. Hallelujah. That's pretty far. Amen. He's justified us. There's no record of our sin, of our wrongdoing, if we've received Jesus Christ. He not only forgave us uh, from, uh, from our, of our sin and freed us from the, the bondage and the penalty of our sin, but he wiped away the record of our sin. Hallelujah. And then he says, those he justified, he glorified. What does that mean? It means we have an eternal destiny. It means we're going to be with Jesus, and it's as, it's as certain as if it's already happened. You know, you know when, when, you, when you're leaving your house and you're talking to somebody and they're waiting for you, you say, I'm on the way. But you're not in your car, you're still in your house, right? I'm on the way. What you're saying is, I will be there just as surely as if I'm already on the way. Of course, if an hour later you still haven't left, then that's, that's another issue. But, uh, <laughs> but, but it's as certain as if it's, if I, I'm, I'm on the way to you as certain, it's as certain as if I'm already there. I'm, that's how certain it is that I'm coming. So he glorified us. We have an eternal destiny of being glorified, of being with Jesus. When Jesus rose from the dead, he rose to his glorified body. And hallelujah, the Bible says one day we are going to leave these old earthly bodies that are falling apart. How many know our bodies are falling apart? 
All the, all the people above 50 raise their hand. Okay. Uh, they're falling apart. But hallelujah, we're going to have glorified bodies. Hallelujah. He's glorified. So he predestined us to be like Jesus, called us to be in union with God through him, justified us, made us right, and, and, and set us on the path to glorification. God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for us. And so we know that he's at work because he is busy fulfilling his purpose for our lives. Isn't that exciting today? There are billions of people on the planet have no reason why they're here. They have no reason what their, uh, no reason, uh, no understanding what their purpose is in life. But God has a purpose for our lives today. In the frigid waters around Greenland, Greenland there are countless icebergs, some uh, relatively little ones and some gigantic ones. And if you observe them carefully, you can see an interesting phenomenon. The smaller ice flows or smaller icebergs are often moving in one direction while the gigantic bigger ones are moving in another direction. Which sounds odd, doesn't it? But the reason for that is, is that the smaller ones, because of their size, they are subject to surface winds. And so the winds can blow them in a certain direction. But the bigger ones, they can only be moved by the underwater currents, the strength of the underwater currents because of their size. And, 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 and you see, we face trials every day, and we face surface winds that want to blow us in one direction or the other. And sometimes we feel like we're just being blown around. But thanks be to God, the eternal purposes of Almighty God are like those underwater currents. Hallelujah. That despite the surface winds, God is moving us in the direction He wants us to go. He is moving us toward the fulfillment of His divine purpose in our lives. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It doesn't matter how the winds blow. It doesn't matter what the fad is or what the current trend is or how the winds of change blow hallelujah like that underground underwater current the purposes of God are moving us in the direction he has for us hallelujah God is at work hallelujah he is fulfilling his purpose in our lives never forget never forget that your life has purpose that comes from the throne room of almighty God we know God works for our good in all things because of his divine purpose. Secondly, we know that he works in all things for our good because of God's provision for us. In verse 31, Paul said, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Don't you love that? I'm going to say that again. How many know that bears repeating? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Two points to make here. The first one is this. God is on our side. Hallelujah. I could preach a whole sermon on that this morning. How much time you got? All day. Few hearty souls said that. God is on our side. Hallelujah. 
If God is for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Do we understand that today? We're talking about the sovereign creator of the universe. We're talking about the one who spoke the universe into existence. We're talking about the one who controls all things. Nobody tells God what to do. Nobody opposes him. Nobody is his equal. Nobody rises up against him. He is the sovereign God. And if he is for us, pray tell, who can be against us? Hallelujah. You talk about big brother fighting for you. You know, you know the, the, the scenario where you know, little brother gets picked on by the bullies and then big brother comes along and that's the end of the bullying. Well, we have the ultimate big brother this morning. Hallelujah. The sovereign creator of the universe is on your side. Listen, I know that it seems sometimes like the whole world is against you and, and that just everything is designed to work against you. Believe me, I've had that feeling more than once. Hallelujah. But let me tell you this. The divine creator of the universe is on your side. He is in your corner. He is for you, not against you. He is uh, on your side. Hallelujah. And no enemy, no foe, no plan of man, no scheme of the devils in hell, hallelujah, can defeat you because the God of the universe is on your side. He is for you today. You better believe he's working for you. Hallelujah. God is on our side. Second part of this provision that God has given us is that he gave up his one and only son. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not freely give us all things? Paul is, is, is using a, a logical argument. This is called deductive reasoning. If, if the heavenly father gave us his one and only son to be a, a, a sin offering for us, a sacrificial lamb for us, if he went that far, how will he not give us everything else we need? It doesn't make sense. It's like, it's like a, a married couple spending thousands of dollars and going through countless interviews to adopt a baby. And, and they go through the process, the interviews, they, they put the money out, they get the house ready, they have the inspections and fill out the questionnaires and go through the whole process. And then they get the baby home and they say, oh, we... The, have you seen the price of diapers and formula? We can't feed or, or diaper this baby. We can't clothe this baby. We can't afford, we can't do it. That's absurd. They've gone through the whole process. They, they, they've been leading right up to this moment. Now they're going to say, oh, we can't provide what this child needs. Of course they won't. No parent would do that. And our Heavenly Father wouldn't do that. He gave His Son for you. He, he ha offered His one and only Son to die on the cross in your place and in my place to suffer for us, uh, the, the righteous dying for the unrighteous. Hallelujah. It, it, it makes no sense to say He won't give us every single thing we need. He's provided for us. How do we know God's working? Because when He's provided for us, because He's on our side, because He gave us His Son. He's working. He's working. He's working for you. Even in the midst of your deepest trial, he's working for you today. If you're his child, hallelujah. What's the third reason we know that God works in all things for our good? It's because of our position before God. Did you know you have a position before God? Look at verse 33. Who will bring any charge 
against those whom God has chosen. It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. First part of our position before God is that we stand, as I mentioned before, justified by God. So I mentioned that's a legal term. It means made right with God. No charge of guilt is possible. You know, that's one of the biggest weights that we can carry as human beings is guilt, the guilt of our sin. But when we have been forgiven of our sins, we have been made righteous. We have been justified. Our sins, as I said, are washed away. We are righteous before God. So Paul says, who can bring a charge? Who can point a finger? Boy, we, we, live, in a, we live in an age of the blame game, don't we? And people want to point fingers. It wasn't my fault. It was his fault. It was her fault. My parents' fault. It's your fault. Look what you did. Look what you're guilty of. The enemy of your souls will point out your guilt every chance he gets. You're not valuable. Look at how you failed. Look at what you said. Look at what you did. You fell short. And we do fall short, don't we? But you know what? Our sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Past, present, and future. And Paul says, who can bring a charge? Who can point the finger? It is God who justifies. Do you know a judge's decision is final? Do you know, especially the Supreme Court, when the Supreme Court decides something, it's final. There's no, there's no, there's no appeal to a higher court. Listen, when God decides something, it's final. There's no appeal to a higher court. Amen? The Supreme Court of the universe has decided that you and I are justified before heaven. Hallelujah! So, uh, our position before God is that we're justified by God, and secondly, we're represented by Jesus. Jesus Christ, who died, uh, is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Get this. Tell me if you've ever seen this on, on uh, you know, on court TV. Jesus takes the penalty for our sin, our wrongdoing, and then he serves as our attorney. You ever see that in court TV? It says the Jesus who died is at the right hand of the Father. And guess what he's doing? He's interceding for us. Your Savior, right now, this moment, is praying to the Father for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you go through that problem, deal with that problem tomorrow, and that you, you, you have that mountain in front of you, and you don't know how you're going to get past it, how you're going to get around it, and when you feel the oppression coming on you, when you feel circumstances just, just uh, you know, clustering up and, 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 and pressing in on you, and you don't know how you're going to deal with it, remember this, your Savior is praying for you at the right hand of the Father. He is representing you before the Father. Hallelujah. You, you, you take any lawyer you want. Perry Mason was good, but he's no Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll take, I'll take Jesus for my attorney any day. Hallelujah. There was a man in England who put his Rolls Royce on a boat and went across the continent to go on a vacation. And while I was driving around Europe, something happened to the motor of his car and he cabled 
this was a number of years ago, he cabled the Rolls-Royce people back in England and said, I'm having trouble with my car. What do you suggest I do? Well, the Rolls-Royce people flew a mechanic over to where he was. The mechanic repaired the car and flew back to England and left the man to continue his vacation. So this man didn't receive a bill and he was wondering, what's this going to cost me? So when he got back to England, he wrote to the people at Rolls-Royce and asked them how much he owed them. He received a letter from the office that read like this, Dear Sir, there is no record anywhere in our files that anything ever went wrong with a Rolls-Royce. No record! That's justification. The enemy comes knocking on Evan's door. Did you see what so-and-so did? Did you see what Jeff did? Did you see what Zach did? Did you see what Claudia... Heaven says, I'm sorry, we have no record of that. Hallelujah. Because we're justified by the Father. Hallelujah. We're represented by the Son. We have a position before heaven's throne today. That's how we know God's at work for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What's the fourth reason we know that God works for our good? It's because of God's passion for us. Look at verse uh, number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Wow. That's, that's probably the biggest reason we know God's working for us, because he loves us. Pastor Tim, I don't feel like being like I'm worthy of being loved. Doesn't matter. He doesn't love you because of who you are or what you've done. He loves you because of what his son did. Hallelujah. He loves us in spite of our suffering. It, here, uh, Paul quotes from Psalm 44, verse 22, to show that suffering has always been part of the human experience. Yes, life is full of suffering. That's, that's part of this life until, until we leave here and go into eternity. But he loves us in the midst of our suffering. And he only allows us to go through what we can bear. But he will help us through it. He is with us in our suffering. He is with us in our struggles. Amen? Because he loves us. You know, when a, when a man and woman stand before the preacher and they say, uh, you know, they're going to love each other till death do us part in sickness and in suffering. Uh, you know, sadly, too many don't take those words seriously today, but they mean something. They mean if you have a debilitating, life-changing disease, uh, as my spouse, I'm going to support you. I'm going to be with you. And God says he will be with us. He loves us in spite of our suffering, in times of suffering. And he loves us also in spite of barriers. I love this listing of Paul's. Don't you love this? Of the things that can't separate us from God's love. Death nor life, angels nor demons, present, future, powers, height, depth. And then 
There's the catch-all at the end. In case you're thinking of some other category that could separate us from God's love, he says, nor anything else in all creation. I think he about covered it, don't you? Nothing can separate us from God's love. If you tried, if you made it your life's mission, no, you wouldn't do this, but if you made it your life's mission to say, I want to stop the flow of God's love to me, I don't want him loving me, I don't want him thinking about me, I don't want anything to do with God, I don't want God's love, and I'm going to do everything, every evil thing I can do, I'm going to do to stop his love from flowing to me, you couldn't do it. You can't do it. You can't get away from his love. The psalmist said, where can I go to get away from you? If I fly away to the mountains, if I go to the deepest depths, wherever I am, you're there. Wherever you find yourself today, church, he's there. His love is there. He is with you. Heard a story about a hymn writer named George Matheson. He was engaged to be married when it was discovered that he was going blind. The woman he was to marry broke the engagement because she didn't want to be married to a blind man. It was then that he wrote the church hymn, O love that will not let me go. Love that will not let me go. That's the kind of love our God has for us. One more story to illustrate this. On August 16, 1987, Northwest Airlines Flight 225 crashed just after taking off from the Detroit airport, killing 155 people. One person survived, a four-year-old from Tempe, Arizona, named Cecilia. When rescuers found Cecilia, they didn't believe that she had been on the plane. They first assumed she'd been a passenger in one of the cars on the highway onto which the airliner crashed. But when they checked the uh, pass passenger list, there was Cecilia's name. Little four-year-old Cecilia survived because even as the plane was falling, her mother unbuckled her own seatbelt, got down on her knees in front of her daughter, wrapped her arms and body around Cecilia, and would not let her go as the plane was crashing. The mother perished, but the daughter lived because her mother had a love that wouldn't let go. That's our God's love for us. No matter what we do, no matter how far we stray, no matter how miserably we fail, no matter how selfish we are sometimes, no matter how many times we get it wrong, His love, it won't let go. Hallelujah. He loves you. He loves you. You may have heard this said, but when a great theologian was on his deathbed and he was, uh, there, were, there were some folks there and they asked him, in all your years as a great theologian, what is the greatest truth you've ever learned, expecting some profound, long answer? His response was that the greatest truth he ever learned was that Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for his love. I don't deserve it. I can't understand it. But he loves me. He loves you today. Hallelujah. That's how we know he's working on our behalf. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
How do we know God works for our good? Because he has a purpose for us. Because he is moving us in a direction that he wants our lives to go. No matter what the surface winds may try to do, he has a purpose for your life. He, he, he's working because of his provision for us. He sent his son to die on the cross for us, to pay the penalty for us. Hallelujah. He's working because of our position uh, before him. We are justified by Almighty God. Hallelujah. We are represented by Attorney Jesus Christ who's interceding for us. He's praying for us right now. And we are, he is working because of his great passion for us. He loves us with a love that will never, ever, ever let go. That's how we know. <laughs> That's how we know. Tomorrow morning when you face things at work and face things in your week and problems and issues and, and thorny questions and, and, and dilemmas and perplexities and, and, and you, just, you just are in a, in, a, in a dither over one thing or another, just stop for a moment and remember and say, God, there's not a lot I know, but I know you're working for me right now. God, I know you're working. God, I know you're working on my behalf. I know that you are with me. We know that God is at work for us.